0: This morning, I want to talk about pursuing God today, and I hope to, to share one more uh, next week on this theme of, of pursuing God. But this is going to be more of a topical uh, sermon. I'm going to bring us through lots of scriptures, even though I have Psalm 27 up there. We're going to uh, we'll, we'll camp out there a little bit, but we're going to just look through the Bible at this idea of, of seeking God. If I were to ask you the question, what is most important in life? How would you answer that? What, what matters most to you in this life? How would you answer that? Honestly, before God, what matters most to you in this life? I think we would want to say, you know, ideally that, that God matters most. That loving him and treasuring him and doing his will and seeking first his kingdom and being people about his business matters most to us. Yet for many of us, I, I believe, uh, we've, we've found ourselves with a, a, a waning desire for God. A lack of pursuit of God. If you can't remember the last time you've heard from God and got excited about His glory and excited about His word, exciting about singing with Him, to Him, with God's people, then it is time to seek the Lord. If you haven't been spending regular time with God in prayer and Bible reading, then it's time to seek the Lord. If your heart doesn't break for the hurting, And those suffering around you, if you're able to just walk right right by them and not be moved with any compassion or care at all for those around you, then it's time to seek the Lord. If if you give your your, uh, time to vain activities and and wander around in this life aimlessly, then it's time to seek the Lord. If you give more attention to the latest and greatest sale that's coming out, then it's time to seek the Lord. If you're more excited and more in tune with the the new movie that's coming out than you are with what God has to say to you, then it's time to seek the Lord. If you're more zealous for your sports team, The Super Bowl, the playoffs, then you are about spending time in the presence of God and enjoying him. Then it's time to seek the Lord. In Hosea Hosea 10 verse 12, he says, plow up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness on you. Another version says, break up the fallow ground, the fallow ground. Hosea likens our hearts to be like soil. And some of us uh, perhaps have it tended well to the soil of our hearts and cultivated a heart that's tender, a heart that's passionate, a heart that's loving, a heart that's gracious, a heart that is zealous for the glory of God. And if you're here this morning and your heart's in this condition, like this picture, it's parched, it's dry, it's hard and fallow, then it's time to break up, plow up that fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. We need him to shower down righteousness on us. We need him to pour out his spirit on us and soften our hearts and cause our hearts to burn a flame for him and his glory. It's time to seek the Lord. Here's a quote from John Piper. It says, life is too short and too precious, too painful to waste on worldly bubbles that burst. Heaven is too great. Hell is too horrible. Eternity is too long that we should putter on the porch of eternity. What matters most to you? What are you seeking in this life? Let's not waste our lives, church. Let's be about the Father's business, about the kingdom of God that lasts forever. You see, the problem is, is that people aren't seeking God. From the beginning of time, Adam and Eve, when they sinned against God, they, they, as a result, they hid themselves from God in fear, in shame, and in guilt. They hid themselves from God and God went seeking man. He went looking for man in the garden. And he asked the question, where are you? You see, left to ourselves, our human nature, in our human nature, we don't seek God. Paul describes the depravity of humanity when he, in Romans 3 where he says, none is righteous. Not, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Psalm 10 verse 4 says, In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. And so pride is a barrier and it keeps us from seeking God. You see, we have, we we tend to have a problem of self-perceived self-sufficiency. We think we got this, like Adam and Eve. We can cover up our mistakes and we can fix our problems. But when we seek God, we are saying with our actions that we can't save ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. We can't fix the brokenness in our life and in this world. And so we seek the one who can, our savior, our deliverer, our healer. So here's the big idea. This is where we're going this morning. God calls us to seek him and not wander aimlessly in this life. When we do seek God, we find joy and strength in him. And he shows us wondrous things and does great things in our lives. And So here's some reasons why we should seek God. God commands us to seek him. Seek the Lord. Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he he will answer. Psalm 105 verse 4 says, seek the Lord, seek his presence, seek him continually. God rewards those who seek him. This is very basic to approaching God, very basic. God rewards those who give themselves to pursuing him. God heals and restores our land when we seek him. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, if my people who are called by my name, if they would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Does that sound like something we need in our nation right now? God draws close to us whenever we seek Him. James verse 4 says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. God gives us perspective when we seek Him. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God grants us mercy and grace when we seek Him. We come before His throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help us in our need. And God delivers us from our fears when we seek him. Psalm 34, David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. If you if you are one struggling with anxiety and fear and you're moved and shaken by anxiety and fear, then the the antidote, the solution, the prescription that the scripture gives us is seek the Lord. He will deliver you from your fears. Amen. So all throughout the Bible, there are people who sought God. And I'll just mention a couple of them. There was Jacob who wrestled with the Lord and he wouldn't let go until God blessed him. And in and, 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 uh, Psalm 24, I think verse 6, it speaks about a generation of Jacob, a generation that seeks God's face. Let us be that generation. There was Gideon who sought the Lord, he asked the Lord for, for deliverance, and, and, and God answered. There was Uzziah, I love this, uh, a king in Second in Chronicles 26, and it says that he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of the Lord, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. I love that. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. One of the reasons we should seek God is because when we do, we will flourish. Good things happen when we seek God. And throughout the Bible, when people stopped seeking God and they turned their backs on God and they forsook God and they didn't ask God for his perspective, his counsel, things went bad. And they go tend to go bad in our lives as well when we leave God out of the equation. When we think, well, I'm smart enough to figure this out. I'm gifted enough to make this happen. I can do this. I can do this. God calls us to seek him, to trust him. Moses was somebody who sought the Lord. He he encountered God, he met God, and then he pursued God. David, who we're going to look at and we're, we're already looking at in the Psalms, in, in diligent pursuit of God Through, throughout his life, he's just... He he burns with passion for God, and he's just running hard after God. And it's my desire this morning to call us up into this place of pursuing God. And what a holy privilege you and I have to come before him, to, to be in his presence, to get to know him, to get to hear him, to get to reflect on his beauty. Moses says this in uh, uh, Exodus, well, Exodus 33 describes Moses uh, seeking God. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside of the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting, and everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Moses sought the Lord. And he said, and and, uh, he prayed this, and Exodus 33, verse 13. Now, therefore, if if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order that I may find favor in your sight. Now, if you're reading the story here, you might conclude that Moses already knew God. Moses already had a relationship with God. Moses had come into a relationship with God. He met God and God changed his life significantly. Yet Moses is crying out for more later on. He says, show me your glory, God. I want to know you. I want to see you. We sang that this morning. Is that the cry of your heart? Do you, like Moses, want to see the glory of God? You want to get a glimpse of his beauty, his power, his majesty, and experience his presence here today? David said in Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. A.W. Tozer, in his book, uh, The Pursuit of God, he has this quote. I think this is a profound quote. To have found God and still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. To have found God and still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. If you're a Christian... You've come into relationship with God. He's forgiven your sins. You're a child of God. You're loved, accepted. You belong to him. But these truths about our identity and about our salvation should not lead us to passivity. Yet we should pursue to know God more and more. Just like a good restaurant, if you've tasted and you've seen that the food is good at, name name your favorite restaurant, Valentino's, Rosancheros. If you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good at Texas Day Brazil or where? Pizza Hut. You will go back there. You don't just go one time. If the food's good there, you keep going back there. And if you've tasted and you've seen that God is good, you've experienced the sweetness of his presence, joy in his presence. You've experienced the beauty of his person. You've gotten a glimpse of him. You've tasted, you've seen, you've experienced his love, his kindness, his goodness, his mercy. He's drawn you close to himself. Then you're going to keep going back there. Okay, so to have found God and still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love. David sought God in Psalm 63 as we sang this this morning. He says, oh God, you are my God earnestly. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be satisfied as with the fat, as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Does this angst, this desire, this burning passion characterize your life? Or do you feel indifferent? And cold, lukewarm towards God and the things of God. If you're, if you find yourself in that place, let the heat of that burning desire that we see here in the Psalms rub off on you and stoke a fire in you and stir your heart to pursue God. I remember a time in my life when I was frustrated with my life. I was frustrated with the circumstances of my life. I was uh, unsatisfied. I was a Christian, I loved the Lord, I was doing great things, I was involved in good things and seeking the Lord, doing Bible studies and reaching out, And and um, but I was frustrated. I was frustrated and I was driving home and I was just upset and I remember just stepping on the gas and kind of hitting the steering wheel and I was like just frustrated because deep inside my soul I needed something and I wasn't finding it in the things of this life. And I needed God. And I thought, man, where can I go tonight? It was a Wednesday night. Where can I go to seek God? I just, I want to be in a place where people are singing and people are pursuing God. I just want to go where God is being lifted up and I can get a glimpse of him. And I had a friend who, they had a Wednesday night service. It was a prayer service, a prayer and worship service. Uh, and it was, a, it was a charismatic church. And it was a small church, but it's a beautiful sanctuary. And I remember going in there with longing, with like hunger and thirst for God. And this wasn't a big mega church with a big band and a lot of great things going on. It was just a, a small church of people who really love the Lord and were in pursuit of God. And I walked into this place And I felt the presence of God. I experienced the presence of God. And my thirsty soul was quenched with God. I experienced God that evening. I I walked in hungry. I walked in thirsty. I walked in not to check off the list, to just go to a service and feel better about myself because I went to church. I went into this place to seek God and I found him you don't have to go to the church to do this. I love Moses went outside of the camp. He he went away. He went uh and got alone with God. Jesus himself did that as well. But we're also called to do do pursue God corporately in corporate worship. And and I've tried to train my children in this. I've tried to teach them when when they come to church, they they tend to want to say hi to friends and play around and do different things and they're just they're little bitty And they're just being kids. Right. But I try to explain them when we go to church, we go there to seek God together with the people of God. That's that's the primary thing that we're doing. We're seeking God together. Of course we're fellowshipping, we're building up one another and and spurring one another on to love and good works and that's important too, but that's secondary to this, this relationship here. We're, we're seeking God and as we align ourselves with loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we're gonna love one another better. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a resource of love flowing out of us to love those around us. And so we try to train our kids when they see mom and dad in the mornings with our Bibles open and with worship music on, and we're, we're praying and we're spending quiet time in the word of God, reflecting on who God is. We try to explain to them, we're seeking God. We need God. We're going after God. We're trying to lead our children into that. And I want to lead us as a church into this. I mean, when we come here, Let's not just go through the motions. In your quiet time at home, if you're spending regular quiet time, don't just read your Bible and just merely get information, Bible knowledge. Get knowledge of God. Seek knowledge of God. Seek to know Him, to know His heart, to know His ways, to see His beauty, to behold Him, to taste and to see that He's good. David sought the Lord and this is where we, this is where I was uh, hoping to spend a little more time here. In Psalm 27, David said this, he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail, assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war may rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that I will seek after. That I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple, so David had this singleness of devotion to God. From Derek Kinder, his commentary on on the Psalms, he says, "Note the singleness of purpose: one thing, the best answer to distracting fears and the priorities uh, within that purpose—to behold and to inquire—a preoccupation with God's person and His will." It is the essence of worship, indeed of discipleship. You see, in our lives, we have so many things pulling at us, so many messages. We have media, we have text messages, we have just driving down the road, there are billboards, there's alerts, there's updates, there's emails, there's all kinds of things pulling for our attention. And we're we're distracted, our, our minds struggle to stay focused for a short period of time. And God calls us to, to focus on Him. David had this pursuit, and he said, he describes it as one thing that I've asked of the Lord. This is where David found his deliverance. This is where David found his refuge. This is where David found his encouragement and he found his strength, spending time with God. One thing. Can you say that about yourself? One thing. One thing I've asked of the Lord. Or do you struggle with being double-minded and having a heart that is divided? And there's lots of things. I want this, 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 I want this to happen. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And and so he communicates in, in, in phrases like this, that God is everything to me. He's all that I need. He's all that I want. He's, He's the main thing in my life, the main one, the, the main pursuit, my drive, my passion, my purpose, my life, my all. He's everything to me. And so he wanted to spend time with God. Those of you who are married or if you've been in a, a dating relationship, just think back to those Those first moments, that first season where you just, you just wanted to be in the presence of, of your beloved. You just wanted, you wanted a text message, you want to be on the phone, you want to hear their voice, you want to see their face. You just wanted to be close to them. You wanted to spend time with them. It's a sweet time, isn't it? Sweet time in a relationship to experience that. And, and many of us have had that with the Lord. And, and, and there's a tendency to let that passion, uh, that, that, that fervent desire to wane. There's a tendency to just become familiar and take one another for granted. And we do this in our relationship with God. We, 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 we can tend to, to take Him for granted and, and, and lack in our desire for Him. Uh, and but but David continued to cultivate this heart where he was in pursuit of God. Notice what he says here. He wants to dwell in the house of God. This implies he wants to be in the presence of God. He wants to be where God's presence is being manifested. Now God's everywhere, right? Biblically, theologically, we know that God's everywhere. But but there are times where God shows up. He inhabits the praises of his people, the scripture says. He shows up when we draw near to him, when we cry out to him. He, he shows up, he answers, he, he, and he manifests his presence through throughout the Bible. There are times where God shows up and the weight of who he is is felt and experienced. And, and it changes the atmosphere, it changes lives. David wanted to spend time in the house of God, gazing upon the beauty of God. He wanted to just behold him, to see him, to reflect on who God is. The Lord gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The the God who loves justice and righteousness. The God who is all powerful, who is all wise, who's all loving, who's everywhere. He wanted to get a glimpse of who he is because it was there that David found rest for his soul. It is there that David found comfort to his soul when he lived in a fallen, broken world where there were enemies out to seek his life and take his life. And when fear surrounded him, when war surrounded him, when even his loved ones turned their back on him, David found comfort in being in the presence of God. What a treasure you and I have to experience that. I remember as a new Christian, I've shared this before, trying, I was struggling with some despairing thoughts and fearful thoughts of what if heaven is boring when I get up there? Trying to go to bed at night, I was 17 years old. It was like, man, what if I get bored? Like, what am I gonna do forever? It's a long time! And so I felt that. And as soon as I felt that I got down on my knees beside my bed and the presence of God showed up in my room in a really special way. And I just got this huge smile on my face and I said, God, I can spend eternity in your presence in his presence is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's not going to be boring in the presence of God in the life to come, nor now. We will find what our souls ache for most in the presence of God. Not in the malls, not at the sports games, not watching the entertainment or on social media or whatever else that we're pursuing or spending our time doing. David wanted to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. I've I've told men who struggle with the sin of pornography, looking at um, at things that they shouldn't be looking at. I've told them they need to spend time gazing upon the beauty of God and be captivated with the beauty of God, and let that push out unholy gazing upon screens. If you're here and that's a struggle for you, let the beauty of God captivate your heart. Pursue him. We are wired to behold beauty. And the enemy wants to distort that. We're wired to behold God's beauty, to see and know him, to be in relationship with him. So David says this one thing and it. it, sounds kind of like three things. One thing I seek after is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. He 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 wants to bring his request to God. He wants to talk to God. He wants to just commune with God in his temple. Now, you and I don't have to go to a temple to experience God. We can go right where anywhere in in, in and Draw near to Him and encounter Him. Further down in Psalm 27 verse 8, He says, You have said, seek my face, and my heart says to you, Your face, O Lord, do I seek. Seeking God begins with a divine invitation to do so. God has called you to seek His face. Can you hear that, that call this morning? I believe that is what God is calling us as a church to do, I believe he's calling the bride of Christ to do, to seek him, to pursue him. And is it your response, like David's, is it the response of your heart to say, God, yes, your face, I will seek, I will seek you. I will pursue you. Because you will find him if you do. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will find me when you search for me, with all your heart, with all your heart, heard heard about a uh, older brother discipling his younger brother, and uh, or trying to and lead him to the Lord and disciple him, and um and, and the younger brother was asking like how how can I how can I find God how can I know God I want to want to know him and 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 so the older brother was trying to to, to to like think about how can I illustrate to him that he needs to like seek him with his whole heart. And they went, they were swimming and, and they were wrestling and playing around and the older brother started holding the younger brother down. And after, you know, 20 seconds or so, the younger brother comes shooting up, gasping for air, (gasps) trying to get some air. And and later on, the older brother said, bro, when you seek God, like you were trying to get that breath of air when we were wrestling in the pool, you're going to find him. When you seek him wholeheartedly, you are going to find him. God, it's not like God's playing hide and seek from us. Like he's like not, not wanting us to find him. He wants us to find him. He invites us to pursue him. And here's the deal. Jesus came and pursued us. We were lost sheep. And Jesus came and he sought us. And he found us. And he rescued us. And so through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have been found. We have been brought near to God. We've been drawn to him by his kindness, his mercy, his loving kindness. He's drawn us. But now we are freed up to pursue him, to know him more to have more of him in our life. So here's the New Testament exhortation to to drawing near to God, one of them. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holiest places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened to us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the household of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So let's draw near. God has made a way for us to be near through the blood of Jesus. Jesus has sought us. He's rescued us. He's bought us and redeemed us with his blood. And now we can approach a holy God with confidence and we can dwell in his presence. We belong there. And we're called to live our whole lives there in the presence of God, communing with him. If I were to tell you that um, that in your backyard right now, there is a treasure chest with millions of dollars of gold and diamonds, what would you do after the service today? Go watch the football game? Just casually go out to lunch? You'll be digging, you'll be searching, search. and the Bible calls us to search for God like a treasure. He is a treasure, and he's, he's better than anything this world has to offer. I mean, if there was between your Bible, uh, $20 bills between each page of your Bible, wouldn't you be motivated to open it up? and it, and it's 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 sad that that for many of us yes we would be way more excited to open up the bible for those 20 dollar bills than we would be to open up the bible for the treasure that is in there between each page right it's convicting isn't it so we think about the kind of enthusiasm and angst we would have if our bible was loaded with cash or with with some earthly treasures. And so let's talk a little bit practically about what does it mean to see God or how to how to do that. So Hebrews 11 verse 6 is is a great starting point. Hebrews 11 says without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Here's something very basic to seeking God. You must believe that He's there and that when you seek Him, it's worth it. That He's going to reward you for seeking Him. Andrew and I went out on Friday night and did some, some witnessing down at downtown Garland and we ran into a, uh, an Asian lady at the bus, at the train stop, at the dark train. And, uh, she was an atheist. And we got excited. I get, I get excited, you know. And I told her, we're excited to talk to an atheist. Because we want to reason with the atheist about their faith or claim that they, or their lack of faith that they claim they have. And, and, and so we had this great, meaningful conversation with, with this young lady and, and, uh, she just shared just how she just, she just doesn't believe. And, and, and we, we appealed to her to believe in a God who created us and, and a God who's good. And we appeal to her that if you, if you rule God out of the picture, then life really has no meaning. Morality has no, no basis, no standard for being upheld. I mean, life really just falls apart if there's no creator. And so, uh, this is the starting point for seeking God. Is, is coming to Him in faith, believing that He exists, and then believing that He rewards, rewards those who seek Him. Do you believe that it's worth it? To get up early and seek God, do you believe it's worth it to take a lunch break and and just spend time in prayer and worship and in the Scripture? Do you believe that it's worth it at nighttime instead of watching that TV show to to turn it off and and, and open up the Scripture and, and have some quiet time and, and reflection? And so we're we're called to seek God in faith, believing that He's there. And believing that He will meet us there, believing that He rewards those who seek Him, and then we're to seek Him with with sincerity of heart, to be real, to be honest, to to be real with God, with a true heart, not pretense. Um, when we when we gather in corporate worship, we want to be sincere. And and so one of the things I do whenever in corporate worship, if I feel like I'm I'm just kind of doing what everybody else is doing i'll sometimes stop doing what everybody else is doing just to and get my heart engaged and you know what i'll do i'll I'll start meditating on scripture if I just feel disconnected in corporate worship and I'm just distracted because i've been in you know busy mode and work mode and, and a task mode, and then I come in the corporate worship and I gotta switch gears into worship mode and I'm not ready for that. Like I need to like just, just focus and I'll just, I'll open up and meditate on some truth about who God is until it ignites my heart with passion. And I encourage you to do the same. Spend time in God's Word until it just causes your heart to burn with passion. So pursue Him with faith and sincerity. Pursue Him with humility and repentance. It, it takes humility to seek God because to seek God, you're saying you don't have all the answers. You're not your savior. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need this, right? So seek him in humility and repentance and then seek Him earnestly and wholeheartedly. Psalm 63 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Earnestly. Don't be weirded out by those who see or are earnest and zealous and passionate about their relationship with God. Maybe it's us who are the weird ones when we're lacking passion. I mean, we don't think it's unnatural when, when our college football team or our uh, sports team scores a goal and we get excited and we just cut loose and we jump up and down and we, we, you know, chest bump and we clap hands. We don't think, oh, that's kind of weird, right? We just think that's normal. That's humanity doing what we're wired to do, rejoicing and delighting and, 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 and finding excitement in something. And we're wired to, to have that towards God. Seek him with your whole heart. David said in Psalm 119 verse 10, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, you will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all your heart. Psalm 105 verse four says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. You know it's it's okay and it's good to seek god for for things for blessings for deliverance, for help, for wisdom, for guidance but but the 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 overarching pursuit that David had and I think that 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 we should have as well is to seek God for himself, to just want to be with him, to be in his presence to to walk with him, and then seek God privately. Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the secret place and he said this Your Father who is in the secret place he sees you seeking him in that secret place he will reward you openly And I I hope this right here ignites ignites something in you God is in the secret place he's in the prayer closet he's in that place you know mark 135 says it says that jesus rose early in the morning and he went and he to a quiet place and he went to pray there jesus practiced this he spent time with the father and then seek god corporately together as a church were to do this the early church did this second timothy 222 says flee youthful lust pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call out on the lord with a pure heart. Run with other brothers and sisters who are really seeking God and who are calling out on the Lord, whose hearts are pure and, and, and hearts are for God. And then seek God in the morning. Now, for some of you guys, this might be a hard one because you wouldn't consider yourself a morning person. You know, there's not a law on this, but I, I strongly encourage this. You know, the, the men of God and women of God that I've known have had this habit of doing this, of first thing in the morning, putting God first, like, like, like giving Him, getting ready for their day and preparing their hearts for their day by seeking God. It's a way of saying, God, I, I can't go this day without you. I, I need you. I need your help. I need your strength. I need to see you. I need to get in tune with you because we're like, like instruments that get out of tune. Right. And we need we need to take time daily to tune our lives with him. Otherwise, we're going to be crabby, grouchy, impatient, unkind, foolish. We'll make decisions that end up being painful to us and those around us. So here's some practical application for us. Set appointments with God, scheduling a time and a place to meet alone with him. Where Where's your secret place? Where's your place to connect with God? David had that secret place, and that's why he was confident that God would deliver him. When when, when the enemy surrounded him, he had this safe place, this hiding place, this shelter, this, this refuge. And he found comfort to his soul, and he found strength to his heart uh, in that place. If we miss appointments with God, we will experience disappointments in this life. If we miss, fail to make, and we miss appointments with God, we will experience disappointments, more disappointments in this life. Listen to God. Ask him questions and expect him to answer. Ask him questions like, God, what is your most pressing issue issue with me right now? Have you ever asked God that question? God, what's your most pressing issue with me right now? Have you ever been in that place where you know that there's something not right between you and God? There's, there's a broken communion, a hindered communion and fellowship. You're not, you're not close to God like you once were. This is a helpful question when you, when you find yourself in that place. God, what's your most pressing issue with me right now? This is also a helpful question for marriages. Uh when you when you can't kind of put your finger on what what the conflict is about uh with your spouse. Ask your spouse that question. What's what's your most pressing issue with me right now? And then listen and wait. Expect God to answer. God is the living God, He's alive, He's real. He's real, He's a real person. He thinks, He feels, He speaks, He acts, and He wants to engage you. Nah. We're made for this relationship with Him. Behold God in Scripture. Reflecting on ways that God reveals Himself, His character, His works, His commands, His promises. Spend time meditating on Scripture. Give space to God. In 2019, give space to God in your life, in your home, and and watch God fill it. I'm always impressed with how when I create space for God, and I I become empty so that I can be filled. He fills me. That, and that's, by the way, that's what fasting is. Fasting is a way of saying, God, I'm creating space for you in my stomach, and my heart, and my mind, and my schedule. And I'm just going to get with you, God. I'm going to just go after you. Sometimes we need to cancel all the parties and the social activities and the good things that we have going on. And just get alone with God. And connect with Him and let Him stir our hearts. And then sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Give thanks to His name. Psalm 100 says this. I'm going to read this. This is powerful. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. The Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And then lastly, persistently make your requests known to God. Inquire. Ask. Ask him for help. Ask him for guidance. Ask him for those things that you need. Those things that you're worried about, you're anxious about. Those those things that you want to see him do in your life and in the lives of others. Ask God for big things. Believing that with him nothing is impossible. He can do anything. And so let's pray like we really believe that. Like God can do anything. Amen.